99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though with E, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go What's going on? Welcome back to the 99 Dreams podcast. Or if this is your first time listening, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm the host, Rawiri. And like I said, you've tuned into the 99 Dreams podcast. But also, if you're a regular listener, thanks for coming back. We truly appreciate you. I really appreciate you. So thanks for joining. Today, I've got a great guest. This is going to be one hell of a show. I have no idea what's going to happen. It's We might get cancelled. But fuck it, we're here for it. I'm going to throw it over to my boy, Dave. Welcome to the show, David. We're glad to have you here. Thanks for coming by, man. Yeah, g'day. I'm uh, the future co-host of the show. He's, he's, he's petitioning for a role, everyone. I will be here. I'll be here <laughs> Before we get started, bro, do you just want to tell the people who you are, where you're from, Kauai, Norway? Um, yeah, so I'm David. I am, oh God, where do I look now? I'm in Dunedin currently. Uh, but I work in Belclutha, uh, but originally from Wellington. And then the thing I don't probably like to share too much is that I was born in Hamilton, which you don't usually go tell a whole lot of people to be fair. But in my defense, I was only there like three years, but I've got more, <laughs> I've got more money than all of them <laughs> and less SDI. So it's fine. Are you sure? Dunedin's a wild place. So is Belclutha. <laughs> but I, I do notice there's one thing that you have kept with you since your time in Waikato, which was only three years, and that's your love for the mighty Waikato Chiefs. Is this still the Waikato Chiefs? Because they're like they've got Taranaki in their crew now, and Bay of Plenty and all that. Oh, it's the whole nation, really, isn't it? I met a guy like the other day who uh, at a teacher only day, and he was a Chiefs fan. He's like, you don't get many of those down there, and I was like, oh yeah, brother, you do. I'm right here in arms. Uh, you know, that's why I only... Oh, actually, hold on. For those listening on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts, he just left the, like, camera. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see it happen. But, like, if you're listening to it, you've got to have no clue what just happened. You'll hear it. You'll hear it now, though. I need to clip that so then I can drop the decibels. <laughs> I've got my flag and my Mulu belt. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm, I was, I'm so glad you took that shit to Dunedin. That belt. Oh, fuck yeah. Is that the same belt that got stolen? Uh, no, so it's a different... Oh, yeah, it's a fun story. Um, I got... <laughs> <laughs> I... Oh, God, back in 20-something, like 2019 summer, like when you're in Dunedin, you, you go from flat to flat. I, uh, I, I had quite a bit of pneumonia, so I was a bit defenseless. And all of a sudden, I, I'd been in hospital, came back to the flat, but it wouldn't have been too long, and uh, everything was stolen. Uh, so the PlayStation was gone, all my games were gone. But most importantly, my ch- my chief's Mulu belt was gone. <laughs> <laughs> the bastards! 
there's a very niche crowd that <laughs> robs you, bro. It's not a large population of people that want one of those fucking things. No, no bullshit. So I had to, you know, as the the true fan that I am, I had to go buy another one. Much to, to be fair, like I don't really because the Chiefs never play down here really, that much. To be fair, so I never really get to like use it too much. Yeah, but, I think in all my years down there, I think I've only been to like two Chiefs games. Yeah, they don't. I feel like they're not played very often down here. They always seem to end up in like Fiji. Oh, yeah, they do love playing overseas. Saying, like, I want them more than the Fijians do, but that's, you know, what can you do? Pro tip, just move back to the North Island and you can link up with the boys at the Chiefs games almost every other weekend. I could do that. I think I'm linking up with Baxter at a Chiefs game. I think we're going to the Hurricanes Chiefs up in Waikato 2023. I almost forgot what year it was. Oh, I don't even know what year it is. Um, but... No, I'd be I'd be keen actually. I just want to let my hair down, let my 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 mulu ring. <laughs> you want to be appreciated in the stands. Oh, I'm just like, getting abused all the time. I just, <laughs> just constantly just giving it, and like I don't give anything in return. Just it's just constant like abuse. It's like I'm from Hamilton or something. I mean, you've got the bell. You might as well be. <laughs> Three years, that's all it was. Long enough. It's long enough. So, what people might not know if they don't know you personally is that Dave's a teacher. So, do you want to just give us a rundown what it's like being a, a teacher at, um, what are you, high school? High school level, yep. Yeah, so what's it like being a teacher? What, what's, what's the day to day like? Well, you've got to think about in the old lifestyle. When you're at school, right, well, even if you look at me right now, if you're on uh, YouTube, uh, you, is, is Google a video? Uh, no, it's just podcast. It's just audio. Fascinating. Anyway, um, as you can see, it's a whatever day it is. And uh, I'm drinking. So you It's may a Sunday. Thought- it is a Sunday. It's a Sunday. It is Today a Sunday. is Sunday. Every day is Sunday. Father's Day is Sunday. Um, <laughs> we we drink uh, a lot because we have to put up with frustrating children all day who think they're absolute top top shit and they're not. <laughs> nah, it is good though. Like it is interesting going back at a younger age. So I'm only, what, 23. Um, so it's interesting going back to school when, especially like the year 13s, like they're all, eight, they're all turning 18 this year. But I'm only five years older than um, a lot of them, which is a bit a bit weird. So like you kind of talk to them as if you're like bros sometimes rather than like, I don't know, like you're, you do remember your cool teachers, but you also remember some of your like scary, stricter teachers. So like, it's a bit, it's a bit weird in that sense, and it's kind of like weird in the sense that like I'm responsible for all these little teenagers. <laughs> it's just a bit weird, especially like in so I'm a PE teacher, so of course that's PE health. So at the moment we're covering sex, uh, sex education, which um, I'll be honest, I don't think I'm mature enough to be teaching. Um, 
I thought you were to say I don't have enough experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, my mother might think that. Um, but <laughs> but yeah. So like, it's, it's I guess it's that sort of stuff. But like, I'm in a very like collegial school. I've gotten what I even the bloody question was to be fair. I just started going on that sort of rant. Um, life school, day to day life. I mean, you rock up. <laughs> you check your emails. You teach. I'll tell you what, like you don't, you don't. It gets a lot easier. Like I'm only a first year teacher this year, and it does get a lot easier. Like I don't do a whole lot of planning now. Like it definitely like starts to roll off the tongue. Like I'm well, oh, I can do a fat yarn to be fair. But like I used to be like not the greatest public speaker, and now like the kids complain that I talk too much at the start of the lesson. So like. <laughs> It is good fun, though. Like, you do have a lot of bands with them. And I guess with our kids down in Belclotha, um, if you know anything about Belclotha, like, they're, they're a bit cooked. <laughs> like, I've not heard great things about the place. Oh, great establishment. It's got a countdown in a new world. But don't, like, all the people there have, like, 16 toes and 12 fingers? No, no, um, actually 23 toes and four fingers. Right. You'd know because you do swimming with them, right? Exactly. I see some, I see some really intriguing things at the pool. <laughs> but what are some of the most valuable things that you've learned while teaching about yourself? Shit. That's deep. Um, <laughs> what have I learned? What have I learned? Uh, one, you can't take yourself too seriously because as soon as I think I've learned one thing you got taught in teachers college was that relationships are the key to everything. You need to like build real good relationships. Um, if you've got good relationships with your students, then you're going to, obviously it's going to be easier to teach them because you get along with them better, which in a sense, like is very true. But then they talk about this big line of like, you can't cross the professionalism line. So it's like being friendly but not their friend and like i get that fully because then they do they do get quite attached but i also think that the best teachers also i'm not saying that i'm friends with a bunch of year nines like they're all 13 i'm 23 like i got 10 years and i don't need i don't need them in my life i'm not gonna go hang out with them on a saturday but like in the sense that like i think you can be their friend in a way like you see them more than your parent their parents essentially like you see them from i guess 8 30 through to 3 30 essentially so you see them seven hours a day i see each class four hours a week you see them outside of classes like you do get to know them very well so i think like they i mean i've had the old one call me dad so like <laughs> yeah like it, it is interesting but like I think you, I think that you can't take yourself too seriously in life. That's that's honestly a big one, because I think they don't kids don't really respond. Some do because they've got like harder homes. But like you can't take yourself too seriously at school, or they won't respond too too well to you in a way. I think that's a very big point. Um, God, what else have I learned? I learned so many different things this year. <laughs> well, that's been- good to hear, though. I learned how to put a condom on again the other day. Bro. 
Ladies and gentlemen, please do practice safe sex. It's a rough world out there, and if you're not practicing safe sex, then you could end up in a whole world of trouble. Uh, we do talk about uh, unprotected sex, so this is not going to become a health bloody education tool. But like, uh, are you just trying to lecture my listeners? <laughs> uh, pretty much, like, don't have sex. That's pretty much. <laughs> or if you do, uh, use a condom. Use contraception. <laughs> Otherwise, the biggest die in pregnancy. Contraception and consent—it's it's your two things, man. If anyone wants to go watch a um a video, there's a there's a thing called the T video. Do you want me to link it below? You <laughs> should, to be fair. It's it's very good actually about consent. Um, there's like I'll do it. It's a the T video and like talks about how like like would you give someone a cup of tea if they were unconscious no no so of course the link there is if someone was unconscious would you sleep with them no because they haven't consented whereas if someone said uh yes i'd like a cup of tea and you go to give them a cup of tea and then they're like actually i don't want a cup of tea anymore that's fine they've actually taken their consent away in terms of the tea which of course links to sex I feel like I'm just teaching my nines again, really. Nah, man, this is just valuable information. Not everyone knows this. If they say no, it means no. 100%. It's, it's literally as simple as that. And it's okay to withdraw your consent. Oh, like, You could have been keen in the moment, but then as the pressure builds up, you're just like, oh, I'm not that keen anymore. Exactly. If they say no, and like you can take your consent away at literally any time. 100%. Oh, but on yeah. a lighter note, yeah, if you hand if you hand someone with one arm a cup of tea and saucer, don't give them the saucer. How are they supposed to drink the tea? They've only got one arm. <laughs> <laughs> so they spend the whole time carrying their cup of tea. So please, ladies and gentlemen, if they've only got one arm, just give them the cup. I, I also saw another video the other day, sorry, about um <laughs> Keep it going about um this this young girl who was like trying to break like a plank with her foot because she didn't have any, any arms. So she was trying to like break the plank with her foot. And then the guy was like encouraging her to break it and she broke it and then he hold, held both hands up for high fives and she couldn't she Oh, sorry, this is just taking a dark <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh at these. You're not supposed to laugh at these. Look, it's okay. You know, what's that guy from American Idol? He tried to high five that blind girl. Got Yeah, true. I should probably start asking some questions. Um, anyway. I did have a question that was a follow-up to what you were talking about as yeah. a teacher. Um, like, how important is it to still remember that you are a role model to these kids? Like, how do you not cross that boundary between being too much of a bro and sort of too caring versus being too strict? Um, I'd say a big thing with that, once again, like, as I was saying before, like, I think it's very important to 
you you need to have a good relationship with them. Like there's kids who have gone through things that even people our age who would have no idea what they've gone through in their life. And I guess as a health teacher, like I hear a lot of that because in sex ed, everything's very confidential. Um, in terms of like the stuff that goes on in class, so we we don't talk about pretty much. Well, the rules meant to be they don't talk about anything like once they leave the room essentially of course they're young teenagers and they're going to but i guess in terms of being a role model and i think i think especially as a young teacher you the big thing you hear is like i walk around school uh and this doesn't mean to sound cocky but like, you walk around school because i've got a good relationship with like a lot of the kids at school and like they yell your name out um they don't even call me mister anymore it's just it's just matsis which is absolutely i in all my in my opinion, i don't actually mind that to be fair i still think there's a respect behind that um by them not using my first name but i think it is it's important to be a role model to them in terms of how you avoid getting too close it is hard and you do have to set very important ground rules from the beginning but you've really got to think about how you talk to these kids. So you're not going to talk to them in a sense of, I don't think the, uh, an effective way. We, we talk about uh, PB for our, so I think called positive behavior for learning. So in terms of having like restorative talks with kids, so you're not going to yell at them um, when they do something wrong. And to be honest, I feel I'm not much of a yeller to be fair, but it's hard not to when like, a kid's constant and like you know that's the way that they're going to respond to you but as soon as you yell at them you're kind of breaking that report like that relationship that you had with them because that's what they're used to sort of getting at home like a right. lot of like quite hard family lives so in all honesty like i think i know it's important to like keep your, your boundaries and stuff but that's why i also think it's so important to care for them and be an important role model to them if that makes sense yeah no I've totally on and around there but it is hard to keep i think a balance between the two like you don't want to overstep any boundaries um and it's very important too because at the end of the day it is our career and our profession and being all professional etc um but I think a lot of these kids need a positive figure in their lives as well that is actually going to look out for them and as you you take one i think i think the most important thing for me honestly is if i'm honest i don't do anything on a saturday day like i'm pretty i'm pretty free now like i don't play sport which i'm sure we can touch on later in the podcast uh but i don't play sport anymore so i'm pretty like free during my days so i always make sure so then when it was rugby season, I'd go and watch boys rugby. Um, I'm teacher in charge of girls rugby. So I've got, especially with all the Blackfern stuff that's been going on, like it's been really cool developing those girls this year and like growing the sport. Um, like we started with, I think it was 20, 22 girls at the start of last year. This year we had about 45. Oh, shit, yeah. I think it's just an attractive teacher on the... Um, in charge of it but you know so what you want an assistant coach sorry <laughs> who's the attractive one that's just that's just dog ladies and gentlemen if, if you're listening go watch the youtube <laughs> we know it's <laughs> hey, oh, bugger off 
literally just clicked. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Became a roast ball. Back to your story. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, um, he is handsome. But yes, <laughs> so you got not with Mamo, um, but you've got. Well, I go watch rugby. I watch girls. Well, I'm in charge of, it, so I go watch every Wednesday. Um, I tried to watch basketball. I only got into that at the end of the season. Uh, cricket. I've been watching a lot of cricket now this summer. I want to go watch more volleyball. Like it's the kids seeing. Like, as if I'm honest, being an hour drive from Dunedin and a lot of the sport being in Dunedin, they don't see their parents don't actually come that much. Whereas I was very fortunate when I was younger that my mum would be literally every game, like rugby or cricket, and it was at every level I played at. Um, so I think even them seeing you outside of school. Like that is what, how you get close to them as well because they they see you in a different light. Like they do start to understand that you care a lot more about them, which I think is a really cool thing as well. Like as tough and as tiring as this year is, like I do a two hour drive every day, like an hour each way commute. Like and you deal with kids all day who are exhausting. Like I honestly think I'm in the best job. Like, I love it. And that's what you're there for, right? is to make an impact, be seen, and let the kids know that they're heard. And, bro, it sounds like you're ticking all the boxes, man. But what's it like? Like, you must hear and have to deal with so much variety of stuff from the kids that it, it's a lot to carry. So how do you break away from that uh, when you get home? Like, how do you switch off from, you know, teacher Dave um, you know, from Mr. Matsis to just being Big Dave again. I say the big thing, touching, saying that first part about how like, you hear a whole lot of stuff, that's where that boundary is quite, from that last question, is quite interesting. So in the sense that, like, because, like, you do get a bit more buddy-buddy with them, which is abso- I do think is absolutely fine. Um, but then they think they can go tell you sort of stuff and spread stuff to you when it's really, that's kind of, that's that boundary um, where it's not appropriate. Like you don't want to be hearing, I won't go into anything, but like you can imagine what sort of stuff happens at school. Um, 100%. And I won't lie, it's getting worse um, younger now. Like I don't remember any of this stuff sort of happening 10 years ago when I was their age. I'm talking young, the younger years. So it is hard because you do hear a lot of stuff like i that's where i do definitely switch my relationship kind of area off and where i've made it pretty clear with a lot of the kids i've got relationships with like i i when it comes to i don't want to hear it um because i don't really like them bad mouthing each other either and hearing stuff that goes on outside of school like that's above me as for how you switch off it can be pretty difficult um to come back home at the end of the day, especially if you've had like a rough, a rough day and like not every day is rough. Like they're just long more than any other day. Anything like, as I said, I think it's a very rewarding job. Um, but you do have the cl- the days where like, it's tough. It's very tiring. Um, and you come home and all you can think about is school. Like you might get even like I got an email, um, on a Friday evening, uh, not a very pleasant email, and it pretty much stuck with me the entire weekend because now you're just all you're thinking about is that one email. Um, so it is pretty hard to switch off your school. I know some people do it very well. I probably don't do it very well, especially. I mean, I play a lot of 
I still, even though I don't play a lot of top in sport anymore, I still play quite a lot. I used to play a lot of netball. I've not played in two months though, um, due to injury, unfortunately. Uh, but like, it's just, I think part of it is getting off screens. I can't actually explain how important it is to get away from this. It's coming from a bloody PE health teacher to be fair, but like, <laughs> like, like how important it is to get away from screens. So you just have to, you just want to escape like, cause otherwise you're just going to get something that reminds you of school and you don't want that either. Like if I'm honest, when I go home, I don't want to be thinking about school. I don't mind right now to be fair, but like, I don't want to be thinking about school when I'm at home. Like it's the place, like there's a reason I live an hour away from school. <laughs> so I think if I was, especially like working in a small town, like it'd be different. Like I'm from Wellington initially. Um, I went for a job there. I could have been living 20 minutes away, but we're talking like decent distance. Like I don't have to pass it. Whereas if I was living down there, you pass the school no matter what, pretty much. Oh, shit, yeah, nah. Um, Fuck that. So yeah, it's, it is hard to switch off, but getting away from screens where that sort of stuff happened, getting involved, whether it be, I went for a nice beach, beach walk the other day. That was quite pleasant. Um, eating well is quite important. I, I've, sorry, this is a real health thing. But like, if you eat kind of cruddy, then you feel kind of cruddy. And then you think about, you do like tend to think about stuff that's happened during your day, etc. Like I think it all like interlinks quite a lot as well. Um, but it, as I say, like, it's very difficult to keep a balance. I think, I think especially as like, as, I think down the track will be easier, but as a first year teacher, you are under the pump a lot through the year trying to, I mean, how my goals were finding myself as a teacher this year. Um, and then all this other stuff, like you're still trying to create, as I say, you're trying to find what kind of teacher you are. You're trying to create all these resources. You're trying to find out what works for you. Um, as well as taking on girls rugby, like that was a big thing this year, which added a lot of hours to my approach, um, to my like to teaching. Like it's, it is difficult, but it's very important to keep the balance, which is why I've been honest, like once I'm off that drive back here, I don't talk about school once I'm back in Dunedin. I like to keep my life very, very, very separate if I can. But that's healthy though, right? That's healthy. Oh, got to. Yeah, it's so important to have your own thing in your own life. You don't always have to live, breathe and fucking die your job. That's unhealthy, I think as well. I think a big thing as well, I definitely found this year, as I say, as a first year teacher, you're quite under the pump. Um, and I guess it's very different to when we were at uni and you had all this free time where you could go play, especially in COVID times where you could go play Warzone any day you wanted, go play a bit of Fortnite. Like you had time to do that. Whereas now I don't find I've got time to do that, which means I feel I've definitely neglected a lot of friendships that I do have. Like there's some people I've not seen in ages this year, who I was seeing weekly last year, because I had to have the time to, even though I was doing a master's, I, I had the time to actually see them. Whereas now I'm finding with the work, full working day, like I leave the house at about five to seven in the morning, which isn't, that's not horrible, but like, I'm not getting back until minimum. If I left straight on the bell, which I can't, but if I left straight on the bell, I'm back by about four, four fifteen, 
pushing it. Shit. So like, and that's minimum. Like, you usually hang around for a bit longer. Like, if you've got a meeting or something, like you're not out of, you're not back in town until six six thirty, and then by Shit. that point, there's not a lot to do with your day. As well, so I think that's a big thing as well. Like, you definitely do, and that's something I need to work on. And myself, I need to work on seeing seeing people again. Um, a future pod, uh, podcast guest, Edge Watson, that we were talking the other day about how we need to catch up. Um, but it's just like, it's just making the time. And as you said before, not, not being obsessed with your job. Like your job's going to be, when you leave on Friday, your job's still going to be there on Monday. Yeah. So Hopefully. like, especially, oh God, I hope so. Pretty much, <laughs> maybe not after this podcast. But like, <laughs> I might not have a job to go to tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely important to keep your relationships, which is definitely something I need to work on it myself as well. It's funny you mentioned that too, because uh, the previous episode that dropped on Friday talks about um, what it's like to um, build uh, reliable relationships and how much harder it is when you move away or when you're no longer in those community spaces to just maintain those relationships. But knowing that if they're like real proper friendships and stuff like that, you can always fall back on them, no matter how quote-unquote neglected you may think they mm. are you know real friends know that you know shit gets busy people get busy lives change it's just a matter of adapting and when you catch up like we are it's like shit we were just chilling yesterday you know i was what i'll say on that definitely is i i've definitely felt that this year in the sense that and you'll get it like you've moved away from dunedin now I came down to Nen one twenty seventeen and I had all my people from home, so people in Wellington. And then I met all my hallmates. And then met all my uni mates, so all my ones through the P, through the Feder degree, and then met all the people in my masters and masters of teaching degree. So it's kind of four and then through work as well. Um so that's five different kind of areas of like people I had down here. And I've decided to stay down here after all this time now. So well, in my sixth year down in Dunedin and now all my Wellington mates, there's not really any down here. All my, uh, hall mates, they're pretty much gone. There's not many left down here. Same with feeders. Like there's not heaps of feeders to be honest, left from like our kind of year groups as well. Like our two year groups, there's not many left. Um, so it's definitely interesting. It's definitely hard to keep. But as we say, we're literally yelling now as if we haven't really had space at all. And those are the true friends you've got as well. Like the ones you can go away for a year and then you come back and you're like, what's up, brother? 100%. How, are, how are Horn? 100%. And like the relationship's not weird too when you catch up. Like mm -hmm. it's not an awkward like, oh, hey, man, how are you? Like, oh, it's good to hear from you. It's like straight up like up to you, ugly cut. How's your auntie? Exactly. It's not awkward. We talk about what have we talked about. We talked about bloody sex ed. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess sex ed is a great segue into how was beef ed for you? <laughs> <laughs> I read that. <laughs> Go on my beef ed. Um. I mean, you definitely know, rough. 
I think mine was probably a lot rougher than others in the sense that, well, so I left home at 17 uh, to come down to Dunedin, to get old Otago Uni. Sure, but you were one of the ones that started at 17, not 18. Mate, I was I turned 18 halfway through the year. I couldn't go clubbing till June. Fuck, that must have sucked for PO week. I re- oh, no, that made, that made no difference to me. <laughs> I'd tell you, I'd tell you a story from PEO week, but I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> um, no, yeah, that was that was horrible. I used to drink in the hall, and then everyone would go to town, and I'd meet them at McDonald's later on when they'd all That is so sad. That is so I'd sad. Be like, pass out for a few hours, and then I'd be like, "Great, everyone." And yes, these are the people who are teaching your children. Um, so, <laughs> um, but the beef, yeah, so I came down at 17, which was already a bit more difficult, I think, moving on. Uh, to feel, I was quite ready, through my home situation, I was quite ready to um, move out anyway. But I did maybe, so in my first year of uni, so I was down on a rugby scholarship. Um, so I was playing quite like a top, top end. Um, and then I got a concussion halfway through the year, um, in my first year and that concussion pretty much, I, I won't lie. Like I was a, I was a very good student at school, um, later on. Um, and I didn't do that great in my first semester. And I think I, it's not, I don't feel like it's a big jump. From level three to uni year one, if I'm completely honest, I don't think it's a huge. Oh, I'm thinking that now. To be fair, now that I've done a bloody full degree in masters, it was actually a huge jump. It sucks. Um, but I only like probably scrape scrape through hubs. Um, definitely scrape through. Who didn't of- though? <laughs> Who didn't just scrape scrape? I can't even say the fucking word. Scrape. Th- through hubs. Oh, if you didn't scrape through, then you failed. <laughs> so it was one Were you just one of those dickheads that failed health slice so you did PE? Ah, <laughs> uh, heck no. Couldn't have done sales. Fuck you. Would have hated that. Um, but yeah, like, I kind of like, I didn't do that great, but I got through semester one. Like, I'd pa- I had passed. Nope. Actually, failed my only paper of uni in my first semester. Psych... Psych 191, I think it is, or 111, 111, Psych 111. Oh, screw Why are you doing psychology? You know how we had to pick, like, an extra paper just, like... You I, chose psychology? I thought it'd be cool to learn about the brain. Like, they, <laughs> and I was thinking about sports psychology later on and how they might, like, interlink. I swear they don't integrate at all. They don't. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I chose psych anyway. And I got a 46%. That's my worst grade ever at uh, university. That was actually shocking. I was very pissed off. Um, that's the only paper I failed, though. I am getting nice. my B-fed, by the way. Uh, and then, oh, so then I, I kind of like just got through semester one. Um, met a few extra people who may not have passed uh, everything straight away. Uh, we won't name names. <laughs> We're in the same class, motherfucker. And he was the year above me. So, <laughs> hey, that is and I was in that same class the next year. 
Fuck uh, that little midget. <laughs> if you did PE or you're doing specs right now, you know exactly who I'm talking about. A little short, going bald, one earring in the wrong ear, motherfucker. Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I got through my first half of the year, and then in oh, I can't remember what month, but I got quite a big concussion, and I'd had a history of concussion through high school. So if you're familiar with like the rugby laws, uh, <laughs> I'm going into a different thing. If you're familiar with them now, if you get even a minor head knock, you have to take like three weeks off or within reason, like a doctor will fully analyze it to see if it was like a concussion or just a wee knock. And you can, some people do play like the following week, which is fine. Um, when I was at school, they didn't have all these laws, all these rules. So I used to get, I, I played a lot, a, a long time in first 15 grade. Um, so I definitely started small. And I used to get a head knock probably every game. Um, whether it be minor or some were a bit more major and all these minor ones, a major, of course, you ain't playing through a major head knock. Um, <laughs> that'd be dumb. But some of these minor head knocks, you kind of pick it up. You'd know, like you've got a concussion, like you can tell, like you're a bit dazed, you're a bit off, but like you're still functioning. And then I'd go play the following week. I'd be like, nah, I'm fine. I'm going to play the following week. Like, that's absolutely fine. Which, looking back, at, that's why I can't play anymore. Like, that, that is what ruined my career, pretty much, and took away from anything that might have been nearer. As I say, I don't know if I would have made even higher up, but I was on a pathway up to that. Um, so, getting that head knock, I then, I, oh, God, it wasn't even through bloody rugby. I got it through bloody hall basketball. So, <laughs> you've got into house like into hall sports. So we, there's lots of halls of residence, and you can there's like into hall sports. So I remember playing basketball from my hall. Can't remember who played because I got a concussion. Um, but <laughs> I got a ball. I had a pretty rough weekend, so I was a bit out of it anyway. Remember my mate threw it around the back to me, smoked me in the head. So I got the initial KO, and my head's just a bit more susceptible to the old concussion. Um, got a knock, out cold, hit the back of my head apparently on the uh, unipole floor. Oh. Double KO. I wouldn't be able to tell you anything that happened that weekend. Um, oh, shit. So that kind of, if I'm honest, ruined, well, that ruined the year for me, and I'll be honest, definitely screwed a few things on later life. So in terms of BFED, I following semester, I dropped, I got about three, two or three papers, which are withdrawn with exception. Um, Cause I literally couldn't do those papers anymore. Um, not yet. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't think. Um, like I had a bit of a, I developed a stutter for a little while. Uh, I had headaches for, I probably had concussion symptoms like from that concussion, like that probably screwed me for about two a bit years afterwards. Fuck. That's why I can't stress how important it is to like you do, especially, and that's why I think it's so important, like that they're managing head knocks as well as they are now. And of course there's been like the unreal study that's been done at 
Otago Uni um, alongside concussion, which has been so important, I think, as well, for especially young people to see the effects of it. And they can actually see through their, oh, you'll probably get someone in to talk about this to be fair, but the, the mouth guard research, um, which of course they can see how well, um, like how the, big the knocks are, et cetera, that they're getting, like it records everything, which I think is so important for the young, especially being like a TIC now, teacher in charge, um, it's so important for the girls who have been part of the study to actually see that. So yeah, yeah B, bro. But the B fed literally, I, uh, I did one paper in second semester of my first year. I finished dance. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't think anyone can fail dance. <laughs> I got an A plus in dance. Uh, <laughs> but there's like this dance gymnastics paper, so I finished that off, and then. But over, and then of course there was the uni degree changes, which screwed everything again. But because of my head knot, it was either stick with the beef head and go from the four year degree to a five year degree, because I was just behind in papers, or it was moved to the new degree, which I didn't really want to do. But it was moved to the new degree, which was a three year degree, and do it in four years. And I pre- I moved to the new degree because there was no point in me battling away for a fifth year when I could get probably, to be honest, the exact same qualification. And I reckon in the, those first two years of the BFED, well, I got both those years, and I reckon I got all the things that make the BFED the BFED out of those two years. Like, you get all those, the camp, the dancing session, I got all of that um, from those. So I think I got the best of and then I finished the exact same time that I was meant to. Um, but that concussion definitely turned my world upside down a wee bit. Yeah, bro. Like, um, concussions, fuck. And it's so good now that there's so much more research going on in concussions. Uh, I've got Nicole Spriggs coming on the podcast I, in I January. Think, I thought you might be getting it. <laughs> yeah, so she'll... It, She's the one who did the mouth guard study and she's yeah. continuing doing um, research in that space at Lincoln University. Yeah. I should remember that. <laughs> but no, it, it really is so important and I'm glad that there's so much more um, awareness and consciousness going into acknowledging how important um, assessing concussions are these days because... You could attest to it, right? I mean, you look at it from the world rugby point of view or just world sport point of view, there's such a higher focus on concussions now. Um, whereas, and like, because it's at that world level, everyone started to like notice it now, which has meant it's translated down into grassroots, etc., and more community kind of stuff. Honestly, I think it's what like Nicole and all of them have been doing in terms of like their concussion study. I think it's been so important. Like that that concussion, as I said, literally turned my life around. I was this promising, promising young rugby hooker uh, from Wellington. I was down on scholarship. I played reps from under elevens onwards. Um, highest I'd made was Otago under nineteen. Um, and to have that ripped away from me 
literally like that uh is probably the hardest thing i think i've personally gone through i've had plenty of hard times in my life but that battled me physically and mentally like i put on a lot of weight um after that final head knock as well because you're trying to recover from a head knock and all of a sudden you can't play the one game that you are like you imagine that you the one game that you grew up playing you love it you watch it you breathe it all of a sudden ripped away from you and now you feel like you literally have nothing well i came to uni to play rugby if i'm completely honest yeah i came for a degree like that was kind of important like i was I'm paying a lot of i, I, I needed that degree but i came for like a high level of rugby which i knew i could i could get um and that got ripped away from me very quickly so i think it's very important what all of them are doing now like concussion is such a fucked thing to be honest with you fucks you physically definitely fucks you mentally i i saw a bloody counselor for ages after that because you're just in your own head all the time as well um yeah it's fucked well do you want to elaborate a bit more on um those feelings like having essentially a part of your identity taken away from you like how does one overcome that and how do you turn it around the way you have and sort of turn it into a positive where you can spread awareness about um concussions and about how important it is to recover when something like that's stolen away from you yeah um i just need to redefine my life like in the sense that a big focus of mine throughout my whole life like i was training for rugby like rugby was the most important thing to me um i was making teams very important suddenly ripped away and getting through that sucked um as you as you say literally a part of my identity was gone if i was to like write my tinder profile right for example, like it'd be, you know, David lived in Wellington, now in Dunedin from Hamilton, potentially, for a bit of a location. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is the better. I'm going to explain it. Uh, interests, uh, lasagna, um, and then like rugby. <laughs> Not that those are my only two interests. I, I but lasagna. <laughs> That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Swipe left or right. Lasagna and rugby are pretty important to me. Um, but like, I definitely felt... I experienced a bit of loss at that time. Like, I'd lost both grandparents. And if I'm completely honest, I think it's... Well, three grandparents, sorry, at that point. And I actually think it's very similar lose, like losing a part of you to that. So, of course, it was the physical side. So, all of a sudden, I couldn't do everything that I wanted to do anymore because my head would genuinely restrict me. Um, Sport-wise, there was always that fear from the doctors that if I picked up another knock from just getting hit in the head, like, as we say, I got the final knock from a basketball. Um, So, any potential knock could screw me, essentially. So, I pretty much got told by the specialist if I want to finish my degree, live a non 
cooked life, essentially, I had to quit rugby at that point. It's going to say way more, that's probably the most PC way of putting it. Like, um, like I, I had to quit rugby at that point. Um, so all of a sudden, so the physical side, and then there was the mental side. So I got, I picked up depression uh, pretty badly. Never got too bad in the sense of the the darkest scheme of things people definitely get their way but that was when i really learned what mental illness was um and i felt very lost i didn't really know how i was going to define my life anymore in the sense that as i say lasagna and rugby <laughs> my big things but rugby was such an important part of of my life that all of a sudden that's just ripped away and i don't know what i've got anymore i actually found it really tough to i i, I it didn't take me as long but it took me a little while to get back into watching so the chiefs who are literally like like you've seen my mood bell already i've got mana <laughs> um but i didn't watch a game for about a, for a season, to be fair, um, after that, I, I kind of just got, I couldn't do it. I got back into it following you once I'd like kind of dealt with a lot of that stuff. Um, I didn't watch a school level or club level game for about three years after that. So I wouldn't say until probably my fourth or fifth year at uni. I didn't watch a club level game at all because I couldn't because there was my, and that was because that was my age grade um, where I was like, I actually could have been out there. I that that could be me essentially. And dealing with that, like, I think I never used to be someone who'd want to go to a bloody council. Like, cause I was always like, I don't need to talk to some random person about my problems. I'm fine. Um, it helped a lot talking it out. To someone random because i think a lot of time um, you don't want to put it on to people closest to you um because one it is hard but you don't want to feel like you're pushing them away by dealing with all this and i think there was also one thing that came out of it like, i was very stressed that pretty much like this lead-up effect of losing getting a concussion so then losing rugby was then going to lead to my depression which was going to result in me losing friends becoming even more alone leading to even more darker, like a darker pathway, which I never got to, thank God. Um, thank God, definitely. Thank God. You wouldn't be getting this epic content otherwise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as you see, I keep bringing everything back into a joke, but that's just my personality. <laughs> um, but in terms of how I dealt with it, I probably didn't play a sport again until, so what, I picked up netball very interesting sport to pick up um not the not the traditional kind uh but the the who you'll hear from eventually ash watson are uh, the six aside kind which is the non-traditional which i prefer personally um and i picked that up probably in probably more fifth year probably started i feel like i didn't start before that maybe started last year um, so started twenty twenty one, I think. Well, I mean post lockdown ish kind of things. Um, I kinda of picked that up. 
one because I I kind of was just getting involved a wee bit and I needed something to play <laughs> because and this so like, but even getting into a sport was hard enough. Like I had to get I had to get medical medical permission to actually play anything again. Um, one I've actually I'd like to think I've gotten quite good at the old netty, uh, but because <laughs> I was out of sport for about four and a bit years my body's not the same as it used to be. Like, as I say, I put on quite a bit of weight. I've definitely lost a lot of it now. Um, but my jo- my joints don't work the same. I didn't have that same conditioning. Like, I've got the body of an old man, unfortunately, now, because I literally took... I had such a long gap from sport, and, it's, and I'm talking like I was very sedent- sedentary as well. So I really didn't do a whole a whole lot. Um, and it's taken like a long time for me to even get back to like kind of body wise that I'm at now where like, I'm always going to have a dad bod. I'm quite content with that, but, um, even just having a bit of muscle and being able to like leap around like I can now, it took me a long time to get back to there and a lot of like physio and just as I say, I'm out with injury at the moment. So it's pretty... (laughs) I'm not going to be able to get to a high level again, I would say, of any sport. I I think when you take that much time off and the beating that I kind of took with rugby um, through the years, it kind of all caught up on me. And then all of a sudden doing nothing for like four years, it it really does affect you. As frustrating as it is because I love sport. Literally is my life. So in terms of like, I definitely fought demons for a very long time. Um, I definitely pushed away a lot of people um, that were just trying to help, but I didn't really want the help. So it was definitely a difficult three, four, five years post-concussion. And I guess the most important thing was accepting help uh all of it except accepting help like people do want to help um surrounding myself with people who do care and as that's kind of this year's definitely been an interesting one when everyone's kind of so split up um now but still surrounding yourself with people who do care and getting that time with them um really focusing on i think Oh god, this is about to get deep. But a self love. So like as I say to the students in sex ed, if you can't love yourself, how can anybody love you? So I honestly post like concussion though, like I began to hate who I was. Um because I couldn't do anything I wanted to. Like it it was shit. Um so definitely finding that love for myself again was a huge thing. And if I'm honest, I can't even really explain how it happened because it's been a journey and a half to get to where we are today where I can joke around about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> probably even last year, if you'd asked me, I probably wouldn't have been able to joke about it still. Uh, still too a bit too fresh. And it can be a fresh day. So I do get sad sometimes that I can't play rugby. I watch Artie Savia sometimes and I'm like, fuck, I'm better than you. But like... <laughs> but... Um, it's if you journey and as I say, ask for help and you just got, you really do have to love, 
yourself. You've got to like who you are. If you don't, then it's a pretty sad life. Um, and it is though. If you don't, if you don't, love, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I can attest to that. You really need to know who you are and understand who you are, and like you say, love yourself before you can get anyone else to love you. Because how are you supposed to expect anyone else to know what you want out of anything if you don't even know what you want? But the way you summarized that pretty much answered what my next question was going to be, which was what would be your advice to someone going through that? But you just said it, man. You, if you love yourself, then I'm an overachiever. <laughs> but one thing I do want to do is, is to try and bring it back to some of that comedy that you're always talking about is <laughs> so the reason you think you can run it straight at big bent. We have to explain this because you were, you were at your peak. I feel like yeah. if you try to run it at him now, you're you're that that's that one concussion. That's it. Do we do we need to explain the backstory behind it? Are we good? Yep, that's you. This is your story to tell. You're the one who called him out. Well, pretty much. Um, before they're not, oh, you should be thankful. I feel you shouldn't be so thankful. Oh dear, turn the mom's back on. Um, the Ninety Nine Dreams podcast. <laughs> uh, before that came along. Um, there was, I can't even remember what we were, the rad podcast that was going to start. Um, <laughs> we'll be one of the boys eventually as well. And we were going to start the sports podcast and we recorded a few. Um, but if I'm honest, like we just all, it was so difficult to find time. And I'll be honest, no one misses the chat. So I just figured it was done. <laughs> We really had conflicting schedules. It was, it was, I'm blaming Ash. Ash, this is your fault because you're always too fucking busy. You're somewhere else. I don't give a fuck. This podcast is bigger than you. Bloody Be back on it. Not out. Anyway, so... Fuck. I pretty much... So eventually we want to have one. And like, I went like I was hyped. Like, it was good. And there was one episode where I wanted to have the segment where we were like... Um, what was it? What was I trying to call it? Like, I, <laughs> well, I, could, I don't know. I... You just called him out. <laughs> like I could do that. Well, so, oh, I can't remember what it was called. Um, and I, it was pretty much the thing. We like, you bet you could do something. And I said that I could run it straight and bump over Ben Tamiafuna. If you don't know who Ben Tamiafuna is, I can't believe this is coming up. I thought I got past this and it was never going to be published again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you know who Ben Tamiafuna is, he's this big... I'll put a picture in the, in the <laughs> YouTube. Th this gigantic Tongan beast uh, who weighs an exceptional amount of weight. Um and he would probably eat me alive. However, as we know, the manner of the chief. <laughs> Turn that down. <laughs> the manner. I believe that I could take Bintamiafuna and I run it straight. I took a kid out and I run it straight the other day. Just a fun fact. 
Yeah, but that's a child who doesn't weigh as much as Big Ben does, nor is he a professional I might say player. I was under the influence of alcohol, but I was pretty sure I was sober for this uh, this recording. So, <laughs> it's just me talking absolute You 100% were. <laughs> it's just work. me talking smack, really. I think I can do things that I definitely cannot. But I think it's important to set high goals. <laughs> set your dreams high, kids. That's what I always say. Set your dreams I like, high. I have 99 dreams, and one of them is to put straight up in the <laughs> If this podcast gets big enough that I can get his attention, I can set it up if you want. I just, I'd rather just get a hug. <laughs> to be honest with you, I feel like you'd give a lovely, a lovely cuddle. I don't know if you'd survive <laughs> the hug. <laughs> you talk so much smack. I think I still have the recording. I might be able to release it. Don't. Don't. <laughs> I'm just saying, I might don't clip the audio in. I also called Serena Williams shit. I might which clip I the audio like to put this. out there. I don't think she's shit. I, I think I also I was just trying to start drama. Oh, oh you're God, back. Cut out. Briefly. Briefly. Probably Where back. We're operating. Uh, Serena. And that's oh, how it went. I think Serena Williams was shit. Um, but with no, with context, no context, I just said she was overrated. Um, which looking at her stats now and watching uh King Richard, new movie, great movie, I think personally. Um, I don't think she's shit, I it's think she's movie. really good and probably one of the best teams, probably the best first teams player of all time. I was just going for the, I was just going for yep. the drama, unfortunately. He went for super controversial and he called out the wrong goat. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, I was I was wrong. Oh, yeah, I'll admit that. I was just going for a bit of beef and I unfortunately, even all my shit talk, I could not back it up. Unfortunately. <laughs> like, I think, male or female aside, I still think Serena Williams is the greatest of all time. I'd like to argue um, that Stefanos Tsitsipas my greek brethren if you're on the uh the youtube you can see my greek flag in the background um (laughs) we're really pushing the youtube on this exactly i want people to see how beautiful i am and how beautiful you are in case they haven't seen me um um but since pass oh beautiful greek man uh great just seems to keep losing and i'm really pissed off Future goes. No, in all fairness, if I. That's like my favorite, Kyrios. He's great. Trash. Terrible. Um, but <laughs> yeah, nah, Serena is really goaded, isn't she? You can't get past it. I, I won't say anything bad about it. Who knows? Uh, you shouldn't. You really shouldn't. Like she played pregnant. Did she? I'm pretty sure she won half pregnant. Like, not bloody nine months, but I think she was, like, three to four months pregnant. God. My facts might be wrong, but I, I do remember reading an article somewhere that she was pregnant. I can't play with the tennis. Ridiculous, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> that's why she's the GOAT. And we're on a podcast talking shit. just float? <laughs> yeah, me too, bro. 
But there is one thing that I do also that I didn't tell you that is highly scripted on this show is one day that back wall there is going to be, or even like when I get my own studio, I'll have like the back wall, which is a massive board where everyone's dreams get put up. So everyone that's been on the show so far has put their dream into a dream box it was going to be a dream jar i say this every time it was going to be a dream jar but like i brought some shoes instead so now i've got a trey young <laughs> shoe box that says always remember when they doubted you so i thought that's very fitting mm, that's so nice. in this box oh, i need to pull it up somehow great um in this box is everyone's dreams I've only had a few guests on. Yeah. We've had 99 there. Have right. Yeah, well, we'll get over 99. We want to exceed 99 dreams and we want to achieve 99 dreams. We want to turn those dreams into reality. And so I say dreams never die, especially if you put them in this box. They might just stay stagnant for a while, but you can always revisit them if we've written them in this box. So it's not a dream graveyard it's kind of like a dream storage space it's a usb for dreams hmm. so do you have a dream or any dreams that you would like to achieve yeah surely you've got a dream i mean i have a dream that i'll marry a Lipa one day but like <laughs> Well, I'll put that one in, and then you can you can put another <laughs> one down. Serious one, so. uh, <laughs> yeah, one that's more likely going to be a reality. Yeah, like I want to make these things happen. Yeah, you yeah, know, like <laughs> I can't guarantee you can marry Dua Lipa. That's fair. So you're gonna make my dreams come true. Well, I'll try, you know, that's the whole purpose of this co-pop is not only do my dreams get to come to life, but hopefully someone else's can through this podcast, through uh, the vlogs, through the clothing that will come out soon. Oh, clothing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, man, 99 Dreams um, Clothing. Can this dream be... So what, what do you want? Can this dream be... Uh materialistic or careering or anything anything bro like my first one was real superficial i wrote i want to own a mclaren and then like i wrote i want to write a book and then i wrote um you know i want to hopefully one day inspire someone to do or achieve their own dreams and things like that okay one dream. I've got two. I'll go two. One dream. Two. Well, you've got three total. Yeah, well, one is super realistic, which I've already said. Um, and then two, I'd actually, I would love to be able to go to a uh, Rugby World Cup final. Um, and to be honest, have some, oh, or some involvement with a professional rugby team at some point. As I say, I'm not going to teach forever. Uh, I haven't actually said that, but I'm not going to teach forever. Um, and I want to get back into like the sport <laughs> side of things at some point. Oh, God, I actually might have two more dreams. 
set fine. <laughs> Bro, you keep them coming. So um, this next one you've got is you would love to have some involvement with a professional sports yes, team. Yes, yes, yes. I would love that. What else you got? Uh, another one. So in terms of school, um, I would love to become a Senko. So that is a, a special education needs coordinator. So I just with my sister with having autism, I'd I'd love to work with students or who are on a similar caliber. That's a vicious dream, brother. I know. I read that one. Yeah, that's definitely that. That's. My... And you have one more. Yes, it's very much related to teaching again, though. Um, oh, man, I've got plenty of dreams. I could I could list you ninety nine dreams if you want. <laughs> Hey man, just keep them coming. The thing is with this is that one day when they do, you know, get achieved, we snapshot a photo and we put it on the board and, you know, you're like, I got my dream, you know, like at the World Cup, you hold up your World Cup ticket and you're like, I'm here. I did um, it. Stuff like that. So keep them coming if you want. Let's fill up the jar. Does this go box. in the podcast? This part? All of this is going on oh, the podcast. No, sure. Yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah. Now, this is the only thing that's kind of repetitive throughout all the podcasts. <laughs> and then, lastly... Next one. This will be your final. Yeah. Yes, my final one. Um, and lastly, I just want to... I, I had a pretty tough life through school, um, and my teacher's did a lot for me um so i would just want to be able to provide always the best support i can i I guess it is a dream in a way like i always want to be able to provide the best support i can for our tamariki essentially and be that like figure that they can look up to like i think like i'd hope that i've been doing this year that's a beautiful one. That one and the um, Senko one. Is it Senko? Senko, yeah. So that's like my future. Like I, having a sister with autism, like I, I've always wanted to work alongside those those students a bit more. Um, oh, that's awesome. Well, I think they can offer the most in terms of, like, especially in, in terms of PE, someone with... Uh, I don't know who's who's deaf, uh, blind. We'll go blind, like, and you'd be like, "Oh, they can't do PE; they're blind." You see the best things happen though with those students, and like seeing like how someone can change who might have like anger issues, etc. Um, seeing how they change uh, when they hold a ball, etc. Like, it's sports such a powerful thing. I have found and just want to bring that out of them as well. No, that's beautiful, bro. That's real admirable. That was deep. My goodness. Yeah, bro. We love to hear it. That's what this whole podcast is about is, is, is you get to share your experiences. You get to share your passions and hopefully along the way, someone listening in gets to learn from 
your life and they get to take that on board because one thing that is the primary reason I started this podcast, I don't even think I've said this out loud, is because I've, I have only lived one life and I can only live one life, so I can only experience what I've experienced. But the best way to experience multiple lives is to talk and learn from other people and what they've lived in. It doesn't matter if they're younger than you, if they're older than you, if they're the same age as you, if they don't have the same background as you, or if they've got, you know, different features about them. Then it's all good because that's their life experience. And if there's something similar in your path that you can come across that they've already um, overcome in their life, then you can take those lessons and sort of put it into your own kitty or your bag and use those experiences to help you get through and overcome those scenarios. Mm. So that's why hugely appreciative of you coming on the show. And I've got another couple of questions for you, brother. So if you could go back in time and ask, let's go with, let's go with 15 year old David in Wellington. What would you tell 15-year-old David if you could go back today? 15. Hold on. Let me locate mm-hmm. the year group. 17. I turned 17 in year 13. 16 in year 12, which means I, I turned 16 far out. I was young. Okay, so I was year 11 going, <laughs> I was year 11 going into year 12. Shit. Sheesh. Oh, what do I tell myself? Goodness me. Knowing what I do now? Yeah. Um, I'd probably say one major thing would be, one, don't or have a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> don't put all your eggs in one basket. Literally, though, like, don't put, like, try everything you can. And I think... I actually think this is quite an easy question in the sense that I can look now at the 15-year-olds coming through and, like, (laughs) what I would tell them. And, like, a lot of them stop doing things, like, after, like, year 10. And, like, like they're like, oh, I need to work, et cetera. And, like, you don't in a way. Like, I worked, to be fair. But you've got so much time to do everything you want to do. Like you don't need to rush through life. I think that's a major one. Like you actually have so much time. Whereas 365 fucking days in a year. (laughs) I'm only 23. I feel like I've been on this earth for a bloody long time. Like all this stuff about, um, also, don't feel pressured to do anything that you feel like you don't want to do. I think I see it as a teacher now, especially. Um, if you don't feel comfortable doing something, don't do it. Um, don't do anything like that to please other people. Always be honest to you. Oh, that's good. That is some good quality there. That is great. I wish I clipped that. Like in the market, just so I could make easier reels. But that is going to be a reel. Oh, that's good. That's good. I rate that. That is amazing. I'm, I'm putting the that, teacher. That, I'm going into inspirational speaking. Bro, 100%. Uh, you can sign up to 99 Dreams and we'll, we'll get you out there, bro. <laughs> is it like a make-a-wish we'll thing? We'll get you out there, man. Uh, 
<laughs> no, this whole 99 Dreams is going to become a marketing thing eventually. We're turning it into a marketing company. What, like crypto? No, no, no. Just I'll put a share in it. You have, like, no, nah, like if you have a business that you want to get marketed, then let me know and we'll build your marketing. I'm not just smart enough to think of a business idea, but I'll just join. As I say, I'm going to be a <laughs> Oh, when I man. when I start getting sponsorships and things like that, that's us. Oh yeah, Ash can be and, our producer. He can he can be in the background. We're back. <laughs> um, if the uh, Chiefs <laughs> want to sponsor us or the NBA, uh, maybe uh, Super Rugby, NBA, FIFA. I'm always <laughs> looking for sponsorships. <laughs> we'll take any of you. Um, I have another question for you. Yes, please. <laughs> I have another question for you. If you look back on this video in five or ten years' time, what would you want to say to yourself? What would, you know, like today, what do you want to tell David who's going to be 28 or he's going to be 33? Jesus. I might have a kid by then. Um... Oh God! Uh, one thing. Sorry, to my better episodes. Uh, one thing would have to be, as you can tell, like a lot of the stuff that I've spoken about today, like a lot of it is quite like deep. Um, like I've had some like hardish times, hardish hard times. Um, but I back it up by joking around. One, because I'm not really. I'm still, as you know, I'm still not ready to like fully go serious and talk about that sort of stuff. Um, so I think like a big thing for me in the future is of course, not needing to make everything funny. And I had a talk actually to a teacher the other day about this, how like I can be quite like class clownish. Um, and there's actually no need, like sometimes people need to see the serious side of you to respect you. Um, so I think in terms of like in 10 years time, if I was looking back and watching this, like it's, I'd probably say in the sense that like, and I'm, I think I'm aware of this now. It's just not something I'm ready to like, it's something that I'm working towards is that there's been hard times. I need to respect that and not always find the funny side in it because sometimes there is, it actually isn't a funny side. And some of the stuff that I think that I have like had to go through, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think, are you trying to say that what you want to do is finally address some of those issues that you kind of make lighthearted jokes to push it aside and make it not seem yeah, so I don't think I heavy. And I, yeah, like because I as soon as it gets heavy, I joke because I'm like nah. <laughs> not ready for that um <laughs> and that can be fine but i think a big part of like me moving forward as and developing who i am is the fact that i need to get past that and actually be a bit more serious at points of course i'm never going to get rid of my bloody smart aleck comedian self <laughs> go to a stand-up comedian show whenever i'm going to always going to be able to do that well i'm never going to get rid of that side of me 
but being able to develop a bit more. And I think also just looking back at some of the things I have been through and being able to appreciate that that is who, that's what's made me who I am today. Like I feel like I had to mature a lot earlier um, than a lot of other people potentially who might have had things just gifted to them. Um, but I think I experienced a lot of loss early. Um, so being able to know that like I actually got where I am today through my own hard mahi more than anything. And I'm sure I'm like 10 years, like I've probably done some bit more mahi by that point. Might have a wife, might have a baby. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one. Oh, yeah, um, shit. I should have said fingers crossed. Man, everyone on the audio is going to be like, why don't they just pause for a second? <laughs> you got to watch the YouTube on this episode. The yeah, YouTube's the most important thing here. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, and, and I'm going to be old in 10 years' time. Like, I'll be at the top pay bracket of the old teacher scale. And Does it only take 10 years to climb? Seven. What the fuck? Seven years teaching, you're at the top until you take on more. So, like, if you take on, like, an extra, like, if you became, like, a dean, you get, like, a unit, which is, Coaching. like, money. Unfortunately, it depends. At some, at some schools, um, being in charge of, like, a sport, you get um, a unit, um, especially if it's, like, a bigger mm-hmm. sport. So, like, we don't have one for the girls, right, which is fine. Like, I don't need one. Um, but... <laughs> I do. Those girls, they are, oh God, they're difficult. <laughs> no, they're funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Poor oh, kids. oh, I feel bad for them, eh? <laughs> Imagine me. I feel bad for them now. <laughs> Imagine me as your teacher. Poor souls. Poor motherfucking kids. Oh, Go to a oh. new school. I mean, imagine them coming to uni and like they'll be like, "Rowdy, oh, do you know Mister Mansus? He taught me." And you'd be like, "Oh, that fucker, <laughs> that is concerning." Like, that explains a lot. <laughs> That's why you're so cooked. I love how you think that I'm still going to be there. <laughs> oh, you will. You never leave in the uni, mate. <laughs> You'll find some research to go to. Bro, I still want to finish this master's thesis. To be fair, like, I don't think I'm done at uni yet. Go back one day. Not yet. Like I definitely get money in money in the bank first. Um, money and growth. Yeah, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you saw that. That's okay, audio people. You don't need to watch us. You don't need to watch the YouTube. Keep no. mostly on Spotify and Apple. <laughs> yes, I appreciate you. But if you want to. Uh the visual feeds go to YouTube because that's funny. <laughs> I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. <laughs> it's it's like it's been like that this whole thing. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. It's, it's the concussions, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he's, he's thinking a mile a minute, but he forgets every minute. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. Oh, concussions. Why does Nulu Bell at my desk put that <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he has Alzheimer's at 23. <laughs> I shouldn't joke about that Alzheimer's. <laughs> <at 23. laughs> I'm sorry for it. I might just cut that out. Clip that one. 
That was too dark, eh? I'm getting cancelled on my own show. I told you, the, the outcome of today would be being cancelled. Isn't that the goal? No, never. Well, kind of. We like to push the envelope here at the 99 Dreams because one day we dream to overcome cancellation. I mean, to be fair, you can only be cancelled if the people who fuck with you turn their back on you. <laughs> like seriously if the people who fuck with you turn their back on you then you're cancelled people who you don't even fucking know they can't cancel you like who the fuck are they I could cancel you how I'm not entirely sure yet but you I'm just gonna... unsubscribe I'm not even subscribed <laughs> bro you better subscribe after this episode <laughs> Every reel I post, you better share that shit. Every short, every fucking the links when it comes out, you better share the shit out of it, motherfucker. I'll share it to a close friends of two. <laughs> Fuck off with the closed friends. Don't put it on like your story with closed friends. I'll whoop your ass. No, you wouldn't dare. You won't be anywhere near me. I'll be in Belclutha. You wouldn't dare come down there. We've got 20 toes down. Wait, everyone's got 20 toes. Shit! Wait, no, they don't. We've got 10. Shit! <laughs> oh, I've lost. No, it's 20 toes and fingers included, but then thumbs don't really count as fingers. Thumbs are uh, would you different. Count the, would you count the big toes as toes? I mean, yeah, they're oh, a toe, aren't they? Yeah, it's still a toe, but the thumb, because it can, like, move, whereas these just go like that and like that. Thumb can. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We should probably we should probably wrap it up there, and then. Uh... <laughs> I think it might be appropriate too. <laughs> we'll we'll wrap this episode up here. I feel like it's getting a little bit out of control, so we're gonna say some shit that will get us cancelled. So, ladies will, and gentlemen, I will be back as a co-host in the next episode, though. He actually will be back though eventually when he's got free time. We'll oh, get him back on the show. I'm more we'll free back on the now. show. We'll get him back next week. <laughs> no, nah, next, next week's episodes are full. I think I've got plenty of stuff to talk about for the rest of the year if you want. Yeah, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, I knew this was going to be a fun episode. I knew it was going to be unexpected. I had no idea what the fuck to expect, but it's been fun. So, Dave, before we go, is there anything you want to tell anyone? How do we find you if you want to connect? And how do we avoid the school that you're at? So, we, we... <laughs> Well, one, you'll see me on the Christmas special. In, uh, <laughs> that is true. Um, I think the New and... Year's special. <laughs> yeah, oh, that'd be very appropriate, actually. <laughs> We're going to turkey. Um, but as for effect, um, yeah, no, you can't find me anywhere. And just don't come to Belclothe and you won't find my school. <laughs> if I leave... Just make sure you ask who the PE teachers are at the school before you uh, apply, before you send your child there. <laughs> but I promise I'll get the best education possible. He will. I mean, you've already heard some of the earlier stuff before it got out of hand towards the end of this <laughs> podcast. He's a great teacher and a great person. Stop it. And I'm sure if your kids are watching, he'll be an inspiration to them. So send them to that school. Or don't. I don't mind. kids. <laughs> But Dave, brother, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure. I've enjoyed this quarter. It's been so much fun. And ladies and gentlemen, 
if you're still listening, thanks for listening this far into the podcast. I really do appreciate you. I've been Aori. This is the 99 Dreams Podcast. Until next time, like, comment, and subscribe. This is the first time I've ever fucking said that, but my friend said you have to start saying that. So, yep, I just said it. Take care. Modi order. Stay safe, Fano. Time to cook some fish. <laughs>